Hi, this is Guy Kawasaki. Hi, this is Gideon Shelwick here. My name is Farnoosh Brock. And you're listening to Learning with Leslie. Learning with Leslie. This is Learning with Leslie. 888-835-2414. This is Learning with Leslie. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Learning with Leslie, the podcast where you learn, I learn, we all learn about how to build an online business with a blog. No, I'm not talking about one of those blogs that will fall by the wayside when Google has a mood swing. I'm talking about one that will thrive no matter what gets thrown at it. I'm your host, Leslie Samuel from becomeablogger.com, where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And as usual, I have another exciting episode for you today. In today's episode, I'm going to be giving 10 ways to become a better teacher or blogger. You know, I spent the last week in San Francisco going through a training camp for creating video content for Khan Academy. And for me, this was one of those things that I've never dreamed I'd be doing and I consider myself blessed to have the have had the opportunity one of the biggest takeaways I got from being there is that I need to constantly push myself to become a better teacher this is something that I would like to encourage you to do some of the best bloggers out there are good at what they do because they are great teachers so I'm gonna be giving you some practical tips that you can implement to become a better teacher that's what we're gonna be talking about today All right, so let me give you some background into um, how this all came about. So uh, in December, I was approached by Khan Academy. And if you don't know anything about Khan Academy, I would uh, invite you to check it out, khanacademy.org. That's K-H-A-N academy.org. And it's a place that you can go to pretty much learn a lot of different things. Um, and, and their goal is to provide like a free world-class education for anyone, anywhere. And it's, it's just a great resource. And, and so I was approached by them um, to compete in a competition to create content to help nurses pass their board exam. And the way we're going to do this is by creating uh, pathophysiology videos and questions. So uh, if you don't know what pathophysiology is, it's the study of disease and um, the underlying causes of disease. Like how does it actually work? What is actually going wrong? And that kind of stuff. And this is something that I'm interested in. It's a class that I teach um, here at the university. Uh, so I was, you know, I was excited that they 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 contacted me. Um, I submitted my content and I was selected as one of the winners. So what happened was they they flew us all down to San Francisco last week. We spent the week there um, in a hotel, going through some intense training um, and making videos. And we had to make these videos, and we did them over and over and over to make them even better. Um, so you know, it was just an a, 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 an interesting experience, and I learned a lot. Um, now, you may or may not know this, but a big part of my motivation behind starting my biology blog was because I saw what they were doing over there at Khan Academy. I mean, they're doing they're doing some amazing things. And when I saw that, I thought to myself, you know, I could do this for biology. And that's exactly what I started to do. Um, now, <laughs> here's the deal, right? I can't, I can't tell you when last I was ever pushed 
and challenged as much as I was pushed and challenged during that week. Oh, man, but it was a great experience. I learned a lot. And, you know, just being surrounded by, by these great minds, um, great thinkers, it really gives you a whole different perspective on this whole concept of changing the world. It makes you see, you know, even more that it is possible. And that's exactly what I saw when I was down there. Now, the biggest, the biggest lesson I learned or one of the biggest lessons that I learned was about teaching. And I learned that, you know, I, I consider myself to be a pretty good teacher, um, but I can be so much better. And they pushed me. And and by pushing me, it, it has made me want to step up my game even more. And that's exactly what I'm going to be focusing on doing. And I think this is something that can help us all as bloggers to become better bloggers by really teaching in better ways. And I want to share with you 10 tips that I pulled out um, from this experience and from some of the other things that I'm doing um, that I'm going to be implementing, um, that I have been implementing and will continue to implement to make my teaching and my blogging even better. So that's what we're going to address. Tip number one, let's start. Number one, don't assume that your audience knows more than they do. And this is this is one that I, I I'm guilty of doing. Um, you you wanna you, you wanna explain even the simple concepts because you don't want to assume that they know what you what, what you're talking about or 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 that they know more than than they actually do. So I, this is an example that I gave I think in the last episode, but I'll give it again. Um, one of the things that I did recently is I launched a membership site for my biology blog, and one of the main things I was going to be doing is webinars. Um, so uh, <laughs> I sent out an email about the webinar, the first free webinar that I was doing, and the biggest complaint that I got was that people were saying that they live in a far country, so they're not able to come. Um, but if I if I do one in their location, <laughs> let them know. I didn't explain the fact that a webinar was something that you can watch online, regardless of where you are in the world. Um, and that is something that we, we tend to do very often when we learn about a topic. We assume that, you know, well, we know this. We know this, uh, you know, like it's nothing. So everybody else knows it, but everyone else does not know it. And that's why they're coming to your blog to learn. While I was at Khan Academy, there was a, a guy there that was a cardio that's a car- cardiologist and he was creating videos also and we were having a conversation and he was explaining some of the concepts from his video um, he was talking about heart attacks and some of the signals that they look for and you know he said one or two sentences and in those one or two sentences he used terms that I had no idea what they meant so I was like whoa, 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 whoa slow down what does that mean and then he explained it and I said wait wait well, what does that mean and then he explained it and then he said you know what man this is great. I need to I need to have more conversations with with people that aren't in the same field that I am in um so that I can, you know, remember what regular people know and what they don't know. And this is something that I find with myself on a regular basis. I assume, you know, that everyone knows what an autoresponder is if I'm talking about blogging. But most people actually don't know what an autoresponder is. At least that's what I found. So don't assume that your audience knows more than they do. Explain even even the simple concepts or the concepts that seem simple to you. Um, because if it seems simple to you, it does not necessarily mean 
that it's going to be um, simple to everyone else. So that's tip number one. Don't assume your audience knows more than they do. Tip number two, do not, and I repeat, do not try to seem smart. Keep things simple. Don't, don't, don't try to, you know, when people get educated, they often want to show, they want to show you that they are educated. So they use these huge words and all these types of complex things to show you, hey, you know, this, I know what I'm talking about. And sometimes it works, but it really doesn't help to make your audience feel like you're, you're approachable. Um, what you do to make yourself seem smart can make, them feel stupid and you know what people just don't like to feel stupid so if they come to your blog and they're reading these things and they don't even understand what you're saying because it's so intelligent it's so smart you're not accomplishing your goals so um i was making a video and i in the video while i was at, at going through the training at Khan academy in the video i started to speak about congenital heart defects um, and one of the things that they had us do is getting groups of twos and uh, review each other's videos so th there was this girl that was watching my video and she's a medical student she understands exactly what it was but she said, she ended up asking me or saying, you know, you're using this word congenital, but you never really explained what that was. So I, ex I ended up, you know, wh when I thought about it, I thought to myself, wait, yeah, what if they don't know what congenital mean? So I ended up saying something simple like it's something that you're born with. Now, everybody knows what that is. Everybody might not know what congenital is, even though they might be nursing students that are preparing for the nursing board exam. Maybe they, 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 they just didn't get that one piece. So you want to use simple words. Don't try to be, um, don't try to seem smart. Just explain things in simple terms. So I ended up using the word congenital, but I basically said, you know, uh, it's a congenital heart defect. And that just basically means it's something that you're born with. That word congenital, that's what it means. Um, and, but that helps to, to, to not make your audience feel like they're stupid. You don't want them to feel that. You want them to feel encouraged. You want them to understand what you are presenting to them. So don't try to seem smart. Keep it simple. Number three, put yourself in your audience's position. What, what are the questions that they have? What struggles are they dealing with? You want to address those things. Um, with this, um, these videos that we're creating, we're creating them for nursing students who will be taking their board exam. So th they might be stressed out. They might be trying to understand compl complex and complicated things, but not really fully understand it. They have specific questions, and those are the questions that we need to answer. Now, and I do this by you know, thinking about the things that I'm struggling with or I have struggled with in trying to understand even the content that I'm comfortable with today. And when I'm going over that content... It's okay for me to talk about those struggles because it's something that they might be dealing with. So by putting yourself in your audience's position, you are better able to identify with who they are and better able to create the kind of content that is going to help them. So always try to put yourself 
in your audience's position. And in order to do that, of course, you need to know exactly who your audience is. So have a clear understanding of who they are and then put yourself in their position. Answer the questions that they will have. Um, de- uh, you know, address the struggles that they might be dealing with. Um, these are very important concepts. So that's point number three. Put yourself in your audience's position. Point number four, use simple stories to explain complex concepts. Here's the thing. There are a lot of complex concepts in this world. There are a lot of complex concepts on the nursing board exam. There are not a lot of complex concepts when I'm teaching someone biology. There are a lot of complex concepts when I'm teaching someone to start a blog where they can create content, inspire others, and even change the world. There are complex concepts. And one way to get those concepts over is to use simple stories. So for Khan Academy, the videos that I've made that people seem to love the most are videos where I told stories. So when I was talking about um, uh, uh, concepts that are related to heart disease. I use a story about rooms that had multiple hallways and people coming into the food, uh, in to get food um, for a party. Uh, to, and, and that was explaining some of the concepts of heart disease. Now, when you think about rooms and hallways and parties and, and um, food and all that kind of stuff, you're not thinking heart disease. But I use those stories to make it work, to, 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 to make it, it just makes much more sense. Um, when you look at a heart and I, I draw a hole in the heart and I talk about the way the blood flows and all that kind of stuff, that's one thing. But if I talk about, you know, here's this room over here, room number one, and then we have room number two with a hallway in between. And people are coming from room, coming into room number one and going to room number two via that hallway. And I draw this out and I show um, how there's food along the hallway that they're picking up. And then I start to take those stories and relate them to what's happening inside the heart. You can do the same thing. Now, one of the people that I admire the most is Jesus. Now, whether you're a Christian or not, don't turn this off because you hear Jesus. <laughs> but whether you're a Christian or not, and even if you think that the Bible is just some elaborate story, if you read it, you will see that in order to get his points across, he didn't just preach. He didn't just you know talk about all these complex concepts. He told stories. He used a parable of a foolish man who built his house on sand and a wise man who built his house on the rocks. And when you think about that, you think, okay, the rocks are going to have a stronger foundation. The sand can be washed away easily. It makes sense. And he uses that to get his point across. So you can do the same thing. People identify with stories. Use stories that your audience can identify with it doesn't have to be directly related to the content, like my rooms and the hallways, not directly related to heart disease, but the lessons can be related to the content. So the more stories you can use, the better it will be. That will help you to be an even better teacher. Number five, give lots of examples or case studies. Theory is nice. Implementation really takes things to the next level. Instead of teaching people just 
you know, about how to blog, for example, show them how to blog. For me, my biology blog, I've, it's something that I'm actively building and I'm using that as an ongoing case study and I will continue to be using, continue to use it as an ongoing case study because it's a very practical way that you can see what I'm doing and then you can take some of the same steps, you can modify them, you can apply it in your business, however you want to apply it in your business and to your blog. You know, I can talk about my successes, I can talk about my failures, not just in a theoretical way, um, but I can actually give you case studies of how I've done certain things. So, you know, how I get traffic to my blog, how I make money with my blog, how I engage my audience. I can show you exactly how I'm doing it. So by having examples or case studies, that really helps to take your audience's understanding to the next level. Number six, uh, we're, we're halfway there. We got five more to go and maybe even a little bonus. We'll see if we have one at the end. Uh, number six, start with a plan. Most bloggers just blog. They don't have a definite plan. When I create my videos, you know, I make a quick outline. I put together my slides and I, I just start recording. But this experience at Khan Academy, oh my word, these guys pushed me to do so much more. This is how the process went. They started with an outline. So they created an outline about a specific topic. My topic is non-cyanotic heart disease. If you don't know what that is, it doesn't matter. That was what my topic was. <laughs> so they created an outline. And then my job was to go into that outline and start to expand that outline, work on that outline, start including my examples, the stories that I'm going to use, and, and type it out in a, in a way that makes it really clear what I'm going to be covering. And then that outline needed to go through stages of approval. The idea was to have a definite and specific plan and then to work that plan out in the videos. So it was very clear carefully planned out every single video and then we went in and started to create those videos and that's exactly what I ended up doing and by doing that man it really helped to take my my video creation to the next level so I would encourage you to start with a plan plan out the content that you're going to be creating don't just create content because hey this is what you feel like creating now create a definite plan and work that plan. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. You've heard that before. All right. So that's number six. Number seven, and this is a very important one. Man, they're all important. Why do I keep saying that? <laughs> number seven, push yourself to learn more. Oh my word. I have never studied studied non-cyanotic heart disease <laughs> like I have over the last few weeks. But I'll tell you what. Now I know that when I post these videos, people will really get them. They will really understand them. These guys really pushed me to learn. Like, I don't think I've ever been pushed before. And here's the thing. If you want to teach something, you need to have a f as full of an understanding as possible about that concept that you're teaching. So with your blog learn. I mean, study. I mean, do whatever you have to do to, to, to learn more about that concept. Attend conce uh, conferences, take courses, do whatever it takes so that you can take your understanding to the next level and so that you can be a, a more effective communicator when you are trying to teach the concepts that you are trying to teach. 
That's number seven. Point number eight, have a clear end goal. You know, nothing is more frustrating than working extremely hard to accomplish something, but you don't even know what that thing is. <laughs> you know, I, I, it can be very frustrating. Um, when it comes to Khan Academy, I know that their end goal is to provide a free world-class education to anyone anywhere and yes that's a huge goal but you know what they're moving in that direction extremely rapidly and they are making it happen you know i was amazed in talking with them to see what their vision is and what their end goal is and to see the things that they are doing to make that happen my my goal for my biology blog is to make biology fun my goal for become a blogger is to change the world one blog at a time I am extremely clear that that is what I want to accomplish. And as a result of that, I can do the things to get me to that end goal. But if you don't know what that end goal is, you probably will never reach there. Okay, so have a clear end goal. Number nine, create smaller goals based on that clear end goal. Um, what are the smaller goals? Okay, so the smaller goals for this example with the Khan Academy things that I'm doing um, would be to help people pass their nursing board exam. That's a very specific goal. Nursing students have just finished studying. Um, they've finished their degree, and now they want to pass the board so that they can practice. So we are creating content to help them with that specific goal. They have many other smaller goals. For example, they have a goal to help people pass the MCATs. That's the, the, the exam that you take um, when you're going to med school. Or the SATs, the exam that you take when you're trying to get into college. And as a result of setting those smaller end goals, they are partnering with the right companies to make it happen. They are getting the content creators to make that happen. Um, and, and, and because they have that clear end goal of of providing a free world-class education to the world, they can now say, okay, we're going to attack this topic. We're going to attack this subject. For me, for example, my clear end goal is to make biology fun. So my smaller end goals, you know, I, I might cover physiology and then I might cover anatomy. And I do them in very simple and fun ways. So I know that once I've gone through a physiology sequence, I've accomplished that smaller goal and that helps me to accomplish my bigger goal of making biology fun, making the learning of biology fun for the people that are trying to learn it. So that's number nine. Oh, man, we're at number 10 now. <laughs> so let's go. Number 10, get feedback from other experts and then use that feedback. So... <laughs> I, while I was down there, of course, we had to create videos. So I created a great video. I mean, I was excited about this video. I had a, a great story at the beginning um, that was going to, it was a nice analogy that was going to help people to understand it. It came back to that whole rooms thing, the rooms with the hallways and all that fun stuff. Okay, so I created it. I submitted it for approval. And this is what I got as feedback. This is good. But I, I think it can be great. And, and when they said that, I was like, what? This thing is great. But then we started to discuss. And, 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 and we started 
talking about, you know, the analogy. And he started questioning the analogy and asking me specific things about it. And I ended up realizing that the analogy eventually fell apart if you followed it through to the end. And then at the end of our discussion, in my mind, I was like, you know what? I want to create this this over again. I want to make this better. It's not as if they were forcing me to make it better or forcing me to do it over again, but I wanted to based on their feedback. If you don't get feedback from other people and you just do what's in your mind, you're most likely going to miss out on a lot. You're most likely not going to be as effective as you possibly can be. So if there are other experts that you can get feedback from, Get feedback from them and then use that feedback to make your teaching even better. All right, so that's number 10. I'm going to give you a bonus. Yes, I'm throwing in a bonus. And that bonus is, and this to me was one of the most rewarding parts of this entire trip. Surround yourself with people who are doing awesome things. Man, I went down there, and because of the things that these guys are doing, because of the goals that these guys have, I felt inspired. I left more inspired to change the world even more than I was before. (laughs) You know, the plans that they have and the actions they are taking just really blew me away. And being in that environment with like-minded individuals, but people that are doing really awesome things, that takes you to the next level. And I experienced that there. I experienced that with my mastermind group. Um, we meet once a week and we go over what each other are doing. What, what, each week, we, one of us talks about what we're doing in our business. And for me, it's not just about giving input, but it's about being inspired because these guys are doing awesome things. So surround yourself with people who are doing awesome things and you will be inspired to be even more awesome, to do even more awesome things. Listen to people, listen to podcasts of people that are doing awesome things. Um, Attend conferences with people that are doing awesome things. Start mastermind groups with people that are doing awesome things. And just surround yourself with that kind of people. And that's going to help to lift you up. So to recap on these 10 things. Number one, don't assume your audience knows more than they do. Number two, don't try to seem smart. Just keep it simple. Number three, Put yourself in your audience's position. Number four, use simple stories to explain complex concepts. Number five, give lots of examples and case studies. Number six, start with a plan. Number seven, push yourself to learn even more. Number eight, have a clear end goal. Number nine, create smaller goals based on that end goal. Number 10, get feedback from other experts and then use it. And then the bonus one is surround yourself with people who are doing awesome things. That's pretty much it, man. Let's become better teachers. And by becoming better teachers, we're going to become better bloggers. I hope you got a lot of value from that. I really do. No, seriously. When I say that, I don't even, I'm not taking that like I really hope that you got a ton of value from that and that you will implement these steps to become a better teacher. Hey, if you're enjoying this podcast, you know, leave me a review in iTunes. I would appreciate it. And it really will help me um, to get this podcast out there even more. 
and inspire more people to create content, inspire others, and change the world. Head on over to becomeablogger.com slash iTunes, or you can just come to, come to becomeablogger.com and click on the iTunes link in the sidebar. Um, that'll get you there. And if you're enjoying this content and you want to get a blog started so that you can create content, inspire others, and change the world, freebloggingvideos.com. You go there, 100% free. You don't even need to sign up. No email, no first name, nothing. You just go there and you watch these videos. And these videos are going to show you exactly how I've built my blogs into successful online businesses, how many others have done the same, and most of all, how you can go and do the same. Freebloggingvideos.com. Check it out. This is Leslie Simon from becomeablogger.com. Changing the world one blog at a time. Until next time, take care and God bless. 8888 8, 8, 8, 8, 3,